And I decided to try it. Um, I watched a lot of videos um, teaching myself the proper way to compose a picture and how to mix colors and dynamic symmetry and all the little pieces that you need to come together to create, you know, something that is harmonious and pleasing to look at or, mm -hmm. or something that feeds your soul. Hey, Alanders, and welcome to episode 124 of the Commando Voice. Today, I speak with the featured artist of the month for January 2022. Please welcome Debbie Kluge. Hi, I'm Brandon Erickson, and you're listening to the Kamano Voice podcast, where I interview folks around Kamano Island and beyond. If you want to stay up to date on events, businesses, and even hear a little history of this area, subscribe to this podcast and share with your friends. Thanks for listening. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to another episode of the Kamano Voice, where we release a new episode every Tuesday. Except for the Tuesdays that I missed, because I may have missed a few Tuesdays in December, but it was for good reason, I assure you. So, um, thanks for coming back to another episode. Hope your week is going well. Um, I've got to, uh, I've been starting to plan out the podcast for this next year, and um, lots of great guests, so I'm excited for that. Um, and um, yeah, and then we also, uh, I mentioned in the last episode, which was, of course, slightly sad because it's uh, Jen's kind of going away episode, um, but we will be, um, I did end up putting together a episode that I go over my goals for this coming year. Uh, I asked Lydia to come back with me for that. So she's on that podcast and we just talk about goal setting, um, what makes a good goal, how we came up with them, what are our priorities in life. And so uh, that's going to be coming out the next week. And that probably is going to be a two-part episode uh, because it is a long one. So I want to make sure you guys are aware of that. Um, and it also has to do with the loft, which is a great segue right into this episode. So the <laughs> Debbie Kluge is the featured artist of the month for January of this brand new year. And uh, the first one of 2022, in fact. And so I got to speak with her. Uh, she has worked in the corporate world. Uh, she worked at a, a, a title company for many, many, many years. And then she retired and was trying to figure out what she wanted to do with her life. And um, yeah, then started picking up the paintbrush. Uh, you know, she had done a little bit here and there, um, but really nothing that, uh, you know, some of the artists I speak to, uh, it was something they've always had this uh, a tune, you know, we're always going after and always doing as a kid. And she said, really, like as a kid, she kind of was, you know, just I enjoyed it just like any other kid. Um, but man, I got to see some of her artwork. Uh, I know, I've just seen it on her website, um, but she does a fantastic job with it. Uh, she does oil painting and, and we'll get into her style and, and how she wants to kind of change it in the future. Um, but her current style is a little bit sharper than um, most oil paintings that you would see. And for me, that really stood out. And I thought that was a really cool, unique style. Um, so as she involves into the, in the future, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that all flows. But be sure to check out her, uh, her paintings. Uh, they're going to be in the loft starting January 18th of this, this year uh, of 2022. So if you're listening to this like a month from now, they are no longer in the loft. But you can always check out her website, which I'll link below in the show notes. I have spoken a lot now. So without further ado... Here's my conversation with Debbie Kluge. 
Hey Islanders and welcome to another episode of the Kamena Voice. Today I'm here with the featured artist of the month for January of the new year, 2022. Welcome to the podcast, Debbie Kluge. Thank you. I Thank probably you. pronounced that wrong. It is. It's Kluge with a hard G and a long E, but that's okay. Kluge. Okay. <laughs> Kluge. Kluge. I will do that better on the uh, new intro. <laughs> so <laughs> before we get started, tell us a little bit about Debbie. Well, um, my family is originally from North Dakota. Um, I grew up basically in California, Central California, though, for since I was in the third grade all the way through my adult life. Um, in 2013, I was blessed with a new grandson. He was born in 2012 and moved to Washington in 2013 and have been here ever since. Um, I moved to Lake Stevens originally to be close to my daughter and son-in-law and new grandson. And in 2017, I moved to the Camino Island community. Okay. And this has been an amazing place to, to um, retire in, to start my art career in. Um, I'm close to my family, so it's... It's, it's been quite an experience. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So um, so you said, uh, when you say you're from North Dakota, then is that where like your parents live then? My parents did. They were both born and raised in North Dakota. Okay. Um, my dad moved to California looking for a job, better work, and a place to raise his family. And that's <clears throat> where we settled, Central California. Okay. And that's where I spent the majority of my life. Okay. Into nice. adulthood. Yeah. Yeah, North Dakota. We've we've taken a trip out there and it's it's kind of wild out there. Like the the landscape is weird, but then you get these like crazy winters and harsh uh, winters. Yes. yes. Very the prairies, you can get the wind blowing pretty fast across <laughs> the prairie. Yeah. Well, and we were driving up by now they've got all the oil stuff that they have going on up right. there and um so or natural gas. And so we were driving through there to visit some friends. And we were driving and we're like, what are the pillars of fire going on? And so we asked our friends and they were saying that it's cheaper for them to burn off the excess gas of a thing uh, than to try and, because it's not very much coming through, uh, than to harvest it. So you just are driving through this landscape and there's just these crazy pillars of fire that are just blowing out of the ground. Yeah. It's been many years since I've been back there. Um, I went back when I went to college to Fargo, North Dakota State University. Okay. Um, graduated from there with a bachelor's in business administration. And um, from there, married out of college, had my daughter, and then life just evolved from there. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what kind of, uh, I, w- I want to, I know we're jumping all over the place, but what kind of got you, so you were living in uh, Southern California or Central, what kind of prompted you to decide, actually, I want to go back to North Dakota? Um, I had moved, like I said, when our family moved to California when I was young. Mm -hmm. Um, My dad looked for work there. Um, I went back and went to college there. My dad went to NDSU, my uncle, so it was kind of a family traditional um, college that we went to. And um, that's where I met my husband, and um, we then moved back to California, the two of us, and okay. started our family. Got so, it. Yeah. Okay. Nice. And so you you said you lived in Central. You grew up in Central California then. I did okay. from the third grade when my dad moved the family there. 
Okay. Um, all the way through adulthood, yeah. Nice. Were you on the coast then? or No, more I wish. Okay. <laughs> I was in um, Bakersfield. Okay. So about 110 miles north of Los Angeles okay. in the Central Valley, yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think I just every time someone mentions California, you know, your first thought is just, oh, along the coast. The yeah, beach, right. And like, exactly. There's, there's the whole width of... Washington, and then some maybe, right. uh, that is the rest of California. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> we don't all have beachfront homes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. So um, how did you like growing up in that area? Was that kind of a smaller area? Um, there were probably half a million people, so it was a, a fairly good-sized town. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly it was agricultural and oil, the industry there, and I went to work for a title company in California and spent the majority of my corporate career at a title company. Okay. Um, when I moved to Washington, I relocated with the same company and worked in, in Everett <clears throat> while I was living in Lake Stevens. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in 2019, the beginning of 2019, I retired. Okay. So, yeah. Nice. Um, so you were working... Uh, you worked in title company leading up to college and then um, was kind of the idea when you were looking at business admin, was that like your main career path you were looking at or were you looking at others during that time period? It was a total fluke. Um, Coming out of college, I actually worked for an attorney. Um, He was a corporate attorney and set up corporations. Um, Worked with him for a couple of years and then there was a position open with an accountant. So I worked and had an accounting background um, through my business administration degree. Okay. Um, worked with the accountant for several years, and then there was an opening with the title company that I took and moved into admin with this title company and was there for 33 years. Wow. Mm. Very cool. <laughs> Good. Um, so, um, so then you were... Working so as you were doing work there, then were were you pretty content? I mean, obviously you stayed there for for many many years. Um, throughout that time, were you all ever looking at like other options or other positions, or were you just pretty content with with being with the title company? It, art, as far as my background, um, it was never in the forefront, but it was always in the back of my mind. Okay, um, I did do some art classes with friends. We met once a week at, um, with a lady. Um, and just, she helped us compose and how to paint and how to, you know, the technical aspects of it. Mm-hmm. So we all shared time together um, painting. Yeah. And she suddenly passed away. Um, and her daughter, about a year later, picked up the classes again. Okay. So beyond that, that was the only quote-unquote, training I ever had. The rest of it was just whatever curriculum at grade school, middle school, high school had to offer. Yeah. So, But now that I've um, put my heart and soul into it, I've started taking classes online with um, a professional artist on the East Coast. Um, There's another one I have in mind that I'm going to... well, I'll, I'll reach out to him and see if he would do some one-on-one counseling or coaching. Yeah. Um, just to get a, a step, a, you know, higher in yeah. my proficiency in art. Yeah. Yeah. So. so as a kid, was it something that you felt 
attuned to it all? Like, was it, like, throughout the grade schools and high school, was it something you, like, on the side or anything like that? Nothing um, that more than any other child would have, you know, encountered. It was all just fun. Yeah. Um, drawing and, and <laughs> painting and, yeah. yeah, just like any other child would okay. growing up. <laughs> nice. So, um... As you got kind of near retirement age, and, and, or uh, 2019 when you did retire, what were you, were you guys, were you kind of planning on like, what, did you know what you wanted to do after retirement, or were you kind of trying to figure all of that out? I didn't, um, and I'm, my mom had actually asked me if I would ever start painting again, um, because I hadn't for years, since I moved to Washington, I hadn't p- picked up a paintbrush. Okay. And I decided to try it. Um, I watched a lot of videos um, teaching myself the proper way to compose a picture and how to mix colors and dynamic symmetry and all the little pieces that you need to come together to create, you know, something that is harmonious and pleasing to look at or mm-hmm. or something that feeds your soul. Um, and I'm still working on it. It's an an evolution. You, yeah. Yeah. You um, are always learning something new. Um, I took some online classes with Jed Dorsey, um, his one of his um, series. Yeah. I took some of those classes. Um, though his medium and mine are different, the concept is still, the core concept is okay. still there. So, and those were very helpful. Um, I joined up with a gallery in Stanwood, the Gilded Gallery in uh, Stanwood Camino Arts oh, yeah. Guild. Yeah. Um, and I'm currently on their board and also the treasurer for the guild and the gallery. Okay. So it all just kind of started evolving and mm-hmm. it, it fills my day. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. So, so when you're doing, uh, like, so uh, when you were going through the class with Jed Dorsey, um, what were kind of the aspects of different things that you had to be aware of as he was going through the classes that differed? Because what, I guess, I guess if I back up one step first, um, what is the medium that you use for your art? My art is done in oils. Okay. And Jed is, is um, acrylics. Okay. So mostly the, um, the differences are going to be the dry time. He is able to lay down a layer and then um, shortly after that build upon it. Mm-hmm. Where in oil painting, you can you can paint um, a la prima um, in one session even, um, but I tend to do it in layers, needing to let it rest overnight and okay. get tack dry before I can put the next layer on and build on it. Okay. So that's primarily the difference, um, but the 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 basic principles of values and color and you know the application there's a lot of similarities there yeah yeah do uh do acrylic and oil when they dry do they end up like when you put acrylic on it kind of stays that color right i believe acrylics dry just a, a bit darker okay um oil tends to dry a little flatter in color so okay a lot of artists will varnish their their paintings um when they're finished just to bring the the saturation level back up okay yeah and did you start in oil or did you start in some other mediums and then kind of end on oil i started in oil okay yeah i've tried acrylic i've even i um tried watercolor at one point and 
that was a disaster for me. <laughs> there, I have a lot of respect for watercolor artists um, because the control factor, and maybe I just didn't spend enough time learning the, the proper way to, to paint in watercolors, but you have no control of where the water goes to some aspects of it. Yeah. Um, you just kind of let it flow and, and go with it. Yeah. Oils, you have a lot more control over okay. what you're doing. If yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, it does. Well, and I think it's interesting. I've I've now interviewed um, people of kind of all three of acrylic, water, and oil. And I think when I was talking with people that talking about water uh, coloring, some of the aspects are like you're never actually really like you. You it's never fully dry. I mean, it's dry, but you can always revive it with water. Mm -hmm. So the layering and aspect, like you have to know how they're all going to blend together as you're doing that. And then um, I think for some of them, they were talking about how uh, you're working with the water. You know, mm. it's not, you don't get to just put down what you think should go where. It, you're working with it. It's like a partnership. Right. <laughs> so, um, very cool. So with, um, then with oils and stuff like that, have you, um, how has that been for you? As far as, I guess, um getting going with it and everything, how have, how has that continued to kind of evolve for you? Um, in what aspect? I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I guess, I know, it wasn't a great <laughs> question. I was like, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. Um, but when it comes to um, your oil, I guess your progression with the, with the medium and everything, um, you've, you said you took a few of the, like, just... Uh, painting nights, mm -hmm. and then you took the Dorsey. How has that kind of evolved from there then? Um, well, I am also taking classes, Zoom classes, with a professional artist from the East Coast. He is an oil painter. Um, his name is Michael Klein, and he um, has beautiful paintings. He paints much looser than I do. Okay. Um, my renderings tend to be a little tight, um, detailed and I'm trying to get not entirely away from that but to figure out my own style I guess you could say yeah so I think the more I I explore the closer I'll come to the true me what I'm trying to get out of my head and my heart on onto a canvas yeah <laughs> that's so. very cool um, yeah, I, I would say when I looked at your paintings, um, I was looking through some of your gallery uh, on online, and um, I thought that was really neat because I hadn't really seen that in oil painting where it was a little sharper and a little bit more in focus. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, I, I think it was really, I thought that was really cool, a cool aspect of it, of, of seeing all of that. Thank you. Um, so, um, yeah, and I, I think, um, you know, art, is one of those interesting things where you can, you can always go back. Like you can always, you can try, you can keep softening it until it, it you know, like an oil paint, you could keep softening it and then you could get to a point where you realize that's too far. That's not what I wanted. And you can always decide I'm going to start doing it the other way now. Cause mm -hmm. I've, I've tried down to this extreme. I'm going to go this way now. Um, and I think that's a neat aspect of art is like, you don't have to throw out the baby with the bathwater when you move to a new style. Yeah, yeah. So, well, that's very cool. Um, so, um, when did you start? So, you started, you retired in 20, 2019. When did you really start? When did you decide that um, 
you kind of wanted to start taking up art as like a true um, side thing? Um, it, it was towards the end of 2019. Um, and then COVID hit. Yeah. I had just joined the gallery, um, was juried in to have my art hung there. Um, there was a gentleman from the Midwest that I did quite a few commissions for. And it kind of got my feet wet in um, dealing with, you know, people and how to paint something for them. Mm -hmm. um, trying to get into their mind and putting that on canvas is kind of hard sometimes. Yeah. Um, but he's, I've been very blessed to have met him and found him. Um, I've done about 15 different paintings for him alone. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And um, that has evolved into... Um, a, a woman that I met that has a painting she commissioned me to do, um, which is now in Florida. So slowly I'm branching out. Yeah. <laughs> it'll, it'll get there. Yeah. Someday. Very cool. So what was that like then for you as, uh, you know, getting into the guild in 2019 and then going into 2020 and everything hits, what was kind of your response to that? It, well, at first it was, kind of a letdown. I, I think a lot of people were trying to figure out this whole COVID thing and what's going to happen mm -hmm. um, to be safe, um, to keep their family safe and, yeah. and sheltered. Um, it gave me an opportunity to build my website, um, to focus on some of the business aspects of it, you know, and, and to really dive into learning online um, through videos and books and what have you yeah. to learn my craft, you know, yeah. and, and to make myself better, to better myself, I should say. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I think um, the, I love that, you know, we hit 2020 and um, when you talk with people, the overall feeling from the online or like the, the social media aspect was kind of like, oh, we're stuck at home, it's boring, like I don't know what to do. But the people that decided, no, this is an opportunity I've been given to better myself or learn my craft or hone my craft and, and better myself so that when we come out of this, when we're, once we figure out what we're doing, I'm going to be that many steps ahead in down the road that I wanted to go down. And yeah. so I love that that's how, um, how you kind of took that on is not this negative, like just, Oh, I don't know what to do now. I had, the, I finally had this set up, but like, you were like, Oh, this is my opportunity to really dive into this. Mm -hmm. Um, that's great. So were there things that I always try and like with art and with business, there's kind of, they're a little bit at war. I mean, they have to work together, but there's always a little bit of like art is a lot more free flowing and business is a lot more like, this is your timeline. This is what you got to do. So for you having that business admin background, were there certain things, goals, or things that you had set in mind that you were kind of aiming at? With the business background, it gave me, um, I think, a step, well, not really a step, but an advantage over some artists who really struggle with that aspect of it because I'm not afraid of spreadsheets and numbers <laughs> and bank accounts. <laughs> it, it's what I did for many years. Yeah. Um, so the business side of it came mm -hmm. naturally to me. Yeah. Um, and I, I could then focus more of my time on the creative aspect of it. Yeah. And not have to worry about how do I make this budget work. Right. You know, that type of thing because 
like I said, that was more of a natural, <laughs> yeah, a natural uh, fallout from the the corporate corporate world. <laughs> yeah. So then, with that, then were there certain things? I guess, do you kind of have that internal uh, like tension of like your business side saying I need to do this and hit this goal and do this versus your artist side, which says just relax and let it flow? Uh, in the beginning, yes. And it finally came to the point where I needed to kind of budget my time okay. and just have my mind set on the uh, one or two days a week on the business aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to social media, I'm still a complete nerd. I have <laughs> no idea how to do it correctly, but I get through it. Um, and then the other days I work on... Um, Focusing towards the, you know, creating, whether it be composing something on my computer that I, I eventually want to put on canvas, you know, there, that part is, that is all part of creating Yeah. Um, versus the day or two that I have to set aside just to do the book work. Yeah. Yeah. So for you then, how does the computer laying out or process work and how does that move from that to deciding it's going to go on a canvas? Um, I will look at photos, um, to see, to try and find something, um, well, let me back up. In the summertime, my son-in-law, my grandson and I would go out to different areas of the, around here, you know, Yeah. and I would shoot photos and those photos I would take and put on my computer. Um, there might be a piece of that photo that I took that um, I would want in a picture, but I might like a tree from something else or a sky from something else. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just putting pieces together like a puzzle until I get something that I think compositionally looks decent. Okay. Um, Beyond that, I set up still lifes with, um, you know, flowers or what have you and paint from life that way. this summer, I'm hoping to do some plein air painting okay. around here. Um, last summer was my goal to do that, um, but unfortunately, my mother took a fall when I was back mm. there with her, so I spent quite a number of weeks with her, taking okay. care of her. So that's my goal for this summer. Um, and I don't know. Yeah? That's <laughs> so um, I've... With speaking with Jed and stuff, I know when he does plain airs, he's using acrylic paint. How mm-hmm. do, does does that work with oil if you have to wait a little longer? The What I would do is take a panel out um, along with my camera, mm-hmm. um, do photographic references. But in plain air with oils, you know, you can do it all a prima and try and do it all in one sitting. Um, but I would do more color studies. I would do color matches of the sky and the shadows and the highlights and then bring those color swatches, if you, if you will, um, back with me. That's the plan I have in my mind. Okay. Um, bring them back with me and then paint it in studio. Okay. The the basic idea out in real life. Yeah. Very cool. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's great. I love hearing kind of like how people have to process because like everything we most of the stuff that we do, it sounds simple in theory, but then once you start breaking down the little pieces to it, you have to think through every one of those steps. So like, you know, acrylic paint dries really fast, so you can do the whole event and do the actual thing versus with oil, you've got to wait and 
figure out what you want to do there. Mm-hmm. So very cool. <laughs> um, so then, um, as we've moved through 2020 uh, and getting closer to like um, through 2021, what was kind of your years during those times, the 2020 and 2021? Um, we reopened our gallery um, at the end of 2020 when the the whole world started slowly emerging from this. And um, there was an event that we held called New Beginnings. And um, being the treasurer, I'm very involved in all aspects of, you know, the shows that they do there and the the bookkeeping side of it, um, including, you know, doing entries myself to put in into those shows. Mm -hmm. So that took um, a lot of my time. Um, And it's just, I don't know. Yeah. Are you, um, so now that's reopened, right? The Gilded Gallery, it's, it's, it's completely open. open yes. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Um, what do you guys have planned for 2022? It, at the gallery? Yeah. Um, there are several shows that we have on the books. Um, the biggest ones will be the Art at the Schoolhouse, um, when they do during the Tulip Festival. Oh, okay. Yeah, up at Christensen's, um, we rent the little schoolhouse up there and have a month-long show. There are 20 artists that um, show their art for the whole month of April. And um, in the fall, this last fall, in fact, we had our Art by the Bay Festival at Camino Center. Okay. Um, that was a weekend show. And those are the two biggest shows that the Guild has. Um Beyond that, we have two member shows and three regional shows. So we will um, broadcast through entry thingy. Okay. I, I don't know if you... Uh-uh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's a call to artists that we can put out, and um, people from across the country have um, submitted artwork to show, to hang in the gallery. Okay. And those are usually about a s- two-month-long show so okay we fill it we try and rotate the art in the front of the gallery every couple of months and then the back half of the gallery is all of the um the permanent artists that are there there are 18 of them um and if anybody hasn't been there lately you you should stop by we've remodeled it and yeah so it's it's beautiful nice yeah it's really nice very cool all right. And then um, tell us a little bit about the pieces that you're bringing into the loft for your featured month. Um, one of them is called um, Turn Right at the Mailboxes. It, it was kind of a fun little piece. When when I was a kid growing up and we would go back and visit, This is we had already moved to California, so we would go back to North Dakota on our family vacations and it always amazed me that in these rural communities, there are no street signs. Everything was done by, you navigate by landmarks, basically. Yeah. So um, I created this one piece that you turn right at the mailboxes to get to my cousin's house. It just reminded me of that. Um, it had won a Fay 15 award on Bold Brush, the the website company that I use. Okay. Um, so it was one of the top 15, oh, you know, favorite pieces, I guess you could say. Oh, very cool. So that's going to hang down there. Um, there's another little five by seven piece that is currently in a contest. I'll 
um, get the results by the end of January, whether it makes the, the final cut or not. Okay. But that's down there. Um, there are other um, small still lifes, five by sevens. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, and then there's one. I'm um, hoping to get the frame for it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's of an elk. So, you know, there's a little bit of everything for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. All right. Very cool. Well, I like to end every podcast with some rapid fire questions. <laughs> okay. Um, and we get to jump into my new ones for 2022. So I'm excited <laughs> to see how they go. <laughs> All right. Um, but the first one is an old one. Uh, what purchase of $100 or less have you enjoyed the most in the last three months? I can't think of when I haven't spent under $100. <laughs> um, it's hard with inflation. I can tell you it is. <laughs> I can tell you the the one that was over a hundred, not much over a hundred, was okay. my class with the gentleman on the East Coast, yeah. my art class. That by far has been the biggest, um, the best spent money that I could have have spent in the last three months. Nice, <laughs> very cool. Um, who is the most influential person outside of your family in your life? I don't know that there's any one person that I can put my finger on. Mm -hmm. Um, Living in California, I have a group of friends that I would golf with a lot. And I think the camaraderie with those ladies probably was most influential to me to um, giving me a sense of... hmm, um, confidence, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. We would play competitive golf in in team play in tournaments. Okay. Yeah. So I that camaraderie, I think, is what molded me into partially into what I am today. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> um, okay. So this is kind of a weird question, and I've, I'm working on the wording of it. But um, basically, the question is: um, This is weird, but I've always wanted to fill in the blank. I'm such a, a plain person that there's nothing really unusual. Everything that I've real that was really weird for me that I've um, wanted to do, I've already done it. I've jumped out of an airplane. Okay. <laughs> wow. Um, I've flown a an airplane um, from a um, an air show. Um, wow. It was a stunt plane. Okay. I went up in the air with the pilot, and we had fun up there just you know flying around bakersfield oh so cool um what have i not done that would be weird though (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i guess my dream my bucket list dream is to go to alaska but that's not really weird no what is there a certain part of alaska i just want to take a cruise up through alaska i want to see the wildlife up there yeah 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 um we we got to go up to alaska uh me and a couple of my friends we went to Kodiak, Alaska uh, last year, and um, it is, it's a fascinating area because when you're up in Alaska, the mountains seem bigger, like every, the trees seem bigger, like everything just seems like, bigger it's like the life. Northwest, but the big version of it. Really? Um, it's beautiful up there, though, yeah. so definitely highly recommend. Yeah. So, very cool. Mm-hmm. Who is an interesting or fascinating person in this community that I should interview next? 
That's a tough one. I haven't really been in this community to know a lot of people, um, get to know a lot of people personally mm-hmm. you know, on the island itself. Yeah. Um, we have some amazing artists at the Guild. Um, some live here on the island, um, others in the surrounding communities. Yeah, yeah. Um, the first person that probably pops into my head is Val Paul Taylor. He's a quirky person. Okay. His art shows it, <laughs> but he's a lot of fun. He's a really nice person. Awesome. All right. Uh, and lastly, what piece of advice would you give your 20-year-old self? I think probably what most people would, my age would tell themselves if they were young again is um, to follow your passion. Um, and you have to never stop learning. Um, you're not going to progress from one moment to the next unless you continue that learning process. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just no other way to grow as a person. Yeah. So that would probably be my, my advice to myself is to never stop learning. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Well, thank you. Yeah. And Islanders, I will talk to you on the next one. Well, a big thank you to Debbie Kluge for joining me on the podcast today. And thank you for listening. If you haven't already, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. It really helps us be found by other Islanders like yourself. And for more information on this episode, you can go to commandocommons.com slash podcast. That's commandocommons.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening and see you next time.